Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I had someone say this is the first Sunday of the of the year, and to God be the glory, it is indeed the first Sunday of the of the year. It's excitement. Come with me, please, to the book of Joshua chapter 1. It's one of the things that is challenging sometimes to do is to, you know, share first Sunday of the year. It's a very challenging thing to do. The reason why it is challenging is because I believe that whatever we hear on the first Sunday of the year should set the tone, should set the pace for the entire year. Praise God. It should set the records such that we will walk on a path that achieve results. What I mean by results is that you achieve what God has kept you alive in this year for. So it is not with lightness that I share with you on this particular Sunday. It is not with lightness at all. It is with great heart that I share with you this Sunday. To God be the glory. Turn with me, if you would mind, with to the book of uh, sorry, to the verse eight of Joshua chapter one, please. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Tell yourself, I have, my I have my strategy. Tell someone, I have my strategy. I have my strategy. Hallelujah. Amen. I have my strategy. Or oh, say it one more time like you believe it. I have my strategy. I have my strategy. For making intelligent choices. For making intelligent choices. And progress in life. And progress in life. Hallelujah. Amen. You know. For a very long time, when you have not made, when you've made little or no progress, especially in what you believe that God has called you to do, you've been struggling. I mean, it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge for you along that path. And then someone comes to you and say, hey. I have a strategy. I can show you 
how to make progress in this path that God has called you on. The question is this, would you believe it and would you try it? This was the situation that Joshua and Israel found themselves. Israel under Moses had been going in circles. They've been running for almost 50 years. They've been going like for more than 40 years. They've been making journeys. But their journey, as, long, as much as they were making journeys, activities, action, their journeys were just, in, just going round in circles. So though they were making, <laughs> they were taking action and moving, it was not moving forward. It was just moving round in circles. Then the Lord appeared, appeared to Joshua and tells Joshua, do you know what? I have a strategy for you. A strategy which you can make progress from where you are now. Because so far, you've just been going in circles. So God shows him how to end this cycle of going round and round and round and round. God shows him. And today, what God wants you to understand is this. That commitment to meditating in the word of God will enable you to make intelligent choices and advance in the life that God has called you to live. I'll say it again. Commitment, what God wants us to understand from, from, what he, from the strategy he gives Joshua is that making a commitment to meditate in the word of God daily will enable you to make intelligent choices and progress in the life that God has called you to live. There is no failing in this. And I speak confidently on this subject. That God Almighty's power is in his word. And Paul was right when he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. That as you come to engage with the word of God, with the, with the laws and the principles of God, meditating upon them, not just reading them, you will begin to make intelligent choices that will surprise you yourself and begin to make positive progress. I mean, advancement in life. You will not go in circles. You will end that life or that cycle of defeat that you've been having all year. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, one of the greatest challenges that most people would, or most leaders would, would, would agree to is when you have to step in the stead of a great leader. You come to be a leader and you're stepping up in the stead of a great leader. It's a very challenging thing. Because you've seen how that leader operated. 
and you enjoyed it. And you've come to the place where you too have to now lead. One of the challenges that I know faces most young people, I know some, 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 some people take it for granted, but those who want to really make a good impact in life, and I speak from, from experience too, is the issue of marriage. When a young woman or a young man wants to get married, one of the challenges that hits them is this, am I going to make a good one? And for some people, they delay so much because of the terror, you know, that, that anxiety about how is it going to be? I remember asking someone some years ago, so how do you get money to buy food all the time? These are things that bothers your mind. And how does it work all the time? Is it, is it, when you've seen others probably not do it well or others do it well, can I match it? Or maybe in, a, in an area that God has called you and you've seen someone excel so well and you are stepping into it. You have these challenges. Am I going to be as this person? Joshua had that challenge. But not only that, not only that, not only the, is, that, is, that, is, is that challenging, it is more challenging when besides this challenge of stepping into something, you also can see the difficulty that you are going to encounter. You're already aware of the difficulties. It makes it even more challenging. For Israel, or sorry, for Joshua, he has seen Israel, the way Israel responded to, to Moses. Moses, by the grace of God, could put his rod down and it would turn into a snake. Moses could speak and there will be locusts in the land. Moses could speak and Moses could touch the river Nile and it would turn blood with his rod. Moses did all this, demonstrated all these things. He spoke and he said, the firstborn, every firstborn in Egypt shall die except the Israelites. And they, 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 they heard it and they saw it. It happened. In the wilderness, sorry, before they got to the wilderness, they saw him stretch forth his rod under the power of God and the Red Sea parted and they, they felt the experience going through the Red Sea. They experienced all this. They entered the promised land and they saw how Moses could strike a rock and water could come out and they can drink. Moses could do a snake on a pole and they could look at it and they could get healing. They saw all these things. He goes to the mountain, spend 40 days and 40 nights with the Lord God. He's the one man who God spoke to face to face. God himself says it. He was the one man that saw the back of God as God was passing in the mountain. He's one man. When he descended from the mountain after 40 days and 40 nights, his face was glowing and he had to put a veil on his face. He was that one man. Yet, Israel disobeyed. <laughs> yes, Israel was a task, was a tough group to lead. And here Joshua finds himself to lead these people. What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. You probably are faced with a similar situation like Joshua. Of course, your case is not like Joshua, but you face a similar situation, a very great task ahead of you, and you can feel 
the, 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 the enormity of the task. I mean, the, how huge the task is, how difficult this, this task is going to be. You probably don't even know how it's going to be. But this task is ahead of you. Is it, how is it going to be done? God gives Joshua a strategy. And it's this strategy God wants you to understand today. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for your word. The entrance of your word always brings light. May we have light, may we have understanding, and may we be equipped, and may we become different people because of the strategy that we learn from you today. And may we make intelligent choices, and may we make progress. That is phenomenal. That causes the, the earth to wander. Progress that makes past defeats unimportant, insignificant in the name of Jesus. And the saints say, Amen and Amen. Praise God. In giving out this strategy, the first thing that God does in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, is that God brings Joshua's attention to what he calls the book of the law. Praise God. Come with me, Joshua 1.8. God appears to, Moses, uh, to Joshua and then he goes, after strength, God strengthens him, God tells him to be courageous, God tells him to basically become daring and all that. But after God has done all that, God now says in verse, in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. So the first thing God alerts Joshua's attention to is the book of the law. There are many things that the Lord told him, but then he ends on this one. Uh, you know, this book of the law should not depart out of thy mouth. It should not. Book of the law. Obviously, when Joshua writes the word book here, the word book here is not a book as we know it today. To them, the book possibly was a scroll. It could be some papyrus material that they had some things written upon them, or maybe some clay tablet, or maybe a stone tablet that had things written on them. And we can be very sure that most of the things in Deuteronomy were in the scroll or on this document. So basically, it was a document that God was referring to. But the thing is, it doesn't matter whether it was a, a, a sheet of paper, a tablet, a book, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was what was in it that was the most important thing. And it was the law of God that was in it. Now, when we talk about law, understand, law refers to what? Rules or principles of God. So what God is saying to Joshua here is that you need to give attention to my laws or to my principles which you find in my book. Today we call it the Bible, the Christian Bible. The Christian Bible, and I'm talking about the Christian Bible, made up of the 66 books, 39 in the OT, 27 in the New Testament. I'm talking about these confined books that 
In these books, we have the full revelation of God. In this book of books, we have the entire you know, revelation of God. What we need to understand about God. The things that God wants us to understand are revealed in this book for you and me to know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, in other words, what God is saying here is this. He said, I'm going to show you the best way to live. You guys have been living any way you like. And because of that, you've had one defeat upon defeat. You have all kinds of rebellion and against me and all that. But I'm going to show you a strategy for winning. And to be able to make intelligent choices. I'm going to show you how to do that. And you see, if there is anyone to listen to this year, it is God. Why? Because he says very, very clear in Isaiah chapter 55 and the, verse, and the ninth verse. He says that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So basically, what God is saying is that my thoughts are the best. My ways are the best. So if you are seeking for the best, then you want to take mine and no other. Hallelujah. Do not try to consult with any kind of, you know, code of practice anywhere or something. Or maybe if I, if I can get to that guru or to that person. No, your only guru is God and his word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hmm. And then he goes on, then the Lord says, so he says, this book of the law, and then he says, shall not depart out of thy mouth. It shall not depart out of thy mouth. That's very important here. That means that the book, the laws, the principles, the code of ethics that God is talking about here should not be absent from your mouth. It shouldn't be absent. It should be something that you know, something that you can speak out. Now, you see, this book of the law or principle or code of ethics that we are talking about, it's, it's about two things. It concerns God and it concerns man. Break it down. Break, break the whole work, the word of God down. Break everything that God says down. And it's about God and it's about man. Relationship with God is called godliness. When a person has a good relationship with God, we say that person is godly. And when, if, when you have a good relationship with people, we say you are righteous. It's about godliness and righteousness. And it is these things that makes a man walk in favor with God and with man. Hallelujah. So he says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It should not. Hallelujah. It should be there. Amen. Amen. Then he says, 
but, hallelujah, it shouldn't be, depart. It don't make my laws or my principles to be absent from your mouth. Praise God. Are we getting this point very, very clear? That it should not depart, it should not be absent. It should be familiar. Your mouth should be familiar with my laws, with my principles. It shouldn't be that when someone says, oh, really? Uh, 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 oh, uh, so, uh, oh, I forgot. No, you shouldn't forget. It, sh- it, sh- it should not be absent from your lips or from your mouth. It should be, fam- it should be familiar. Familiar words, codes, principles on your, in your mouth. Praise God. Then he says, but. Now, when we come across the word but, we all know that it's going to be a contrast, isn't it? When you come across but, it means what is going to follow has to be a contrast. So don't let it depart from your mouth. But do something. What is it? Meditate. Indicating that meditation is the opposite of the word being absent from your mouth. So don't let it depart, but meditate. That means in meditation, the words of the book of the law become familiar. It becomes present. Praise Jesus. So what does he mean by the word meditate? Meditate. Now, the word meditate is not a very strange word. I'm sure most of us have heard it. You might even hear it on TV. These days, when you go to some channels on TV, you will hear people talking about meditation. All kinds of people talk about meditation. But there's one thing I want to be very, very clear. I am talking today about enjoying Christian meditation. So I'm qualifying it, calling it Christian meditation. I'm speaking on the subject, enjoying Christian meditation. Because there are other kinds of meditation. And I'll quickly make a note of them. It is this. Most meditation that the world will put out there for you to do tells you to try and empty your mind. Make sure you get everything out of your mind. Make the mind empty. They recommend a particular posture. And when you are in that posture, try some breathing exercises and do this and do this kind of styles and, and try and make sure that your mind becomes empty. Hmm. God have mercy. But in Matthew 12... Jesus gives us a warning about having an empty mind or an empty soul. When the place is empty, say when, when demons are cast out and the place is empty, and the demons, uh, demon, the, the demon comes back and he looks around, oh, it is empty. He goes and gets seven more wicked spirits and they come and they, they form a garrison and now you can't move them. So empty. When people are advising you to have your mind 
empty and then enter a place where you cannot become one with God. That's a lie. It's, it, is, it is making room for demonic influences in your life because you may empty mind. They are trying to empty your mind. Dangerous. Christian meditation does not teach you to empty your mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Now, what I would like you to understand here is what we are talking about here is God's own strategy to Joshua to meditate. So what does God mean by meditate? Because that's the word he gives Joshua. Hallelujah. And he says to be, and he tells Joshua, watch this. He says, for you to be successful, right? For you to be prosperous and, and successful, God is saying the secret or the strategy is meditation. Tell someone, I have found the strategy. God is saying to you, for you to be, you know, prosperous and successful and have good success, God is saying the strategy is meditation. Hmm. Now, what is this meditation? Meditation, the original word is, someone would say, haga or hoga. It means to murmur. In pleasure or in anger. Well, you always thought that the word murmur is always negative. No, the word murmuring is not always negative. Just that we've always heard it. We've always had it be used in the negative context. So it, it always has a negative connotation. No, no, no. But murmur is just basically having, making soft speeches from your lips, which you alone can hear. So murmuring just by itself is not necessarily mean that you're doing something bad. It could be when you having when people having pleasure. Sometimes they murmur, they they bring certain words out, but they alone. Oh, this is wonderful! Oh, this is wonderful! Oh, this is good. That's murmuring. You can also do it murmuring when you're also angry or upset with somebody. What is he asking me to do? I don't like this thing. It is still they are both murmuring. So whether in pleasure or in anger, it's murmuring. So when you so meditation, if it's memory, that it, it, it involves the mouth. So that's the reason why he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Because meditation involves the mouth, the use of the mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. So, of, it's, 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 it is... It is, it, is, it is about pondering yeah, or murmuring, either in pleasure or anger, right? Whilst contemplating, right? So meditation is about, you know, making soft speeches, very soft speeches from your lips whilst you are contemplating all the word is, 
pondering. That is, whilst your mind is engaged on something, making soft speeches along the line. It's what we call meditation. So meditation, so meditation then involves the mind and the mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, if you look at Psalm 19 verse 14, right? Psalm 19 verse 14. The psalmist says, Psalm 19 verse 14. He says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, the word used here, the word meditation used here, is a derivative of the original, the Hagar. Here, the word is Higaion. Higaion, which means Memoring with melody. Hello? So when he says that, and let the words of my mouth and the memoring with melody of my heart. <laughs> so here, the psalmist was basically saying that, um, making, of course, he's a psalmist of Israel. So when he talks about meditation, he was, he was Talking about making melody in my heart. Like whatever it is, putting a tune to you know, it. But I, I don't sing. I'm not saying sing, but you can make a tune. So tune, tune is the tune is the is the thing here. You know, putting some putting some putting some tune to the words which you are reading. Let the meditation of my heart. It's putting a tune to something. Or someone will say, I will celebrate. Sing unto the Lord. I will sing again. Okay? Putting a tune to something. I mean, your, your own tune. Put some melody to it. And there are other words in the scriptures that the Bible uses for, for this word, med meditation. So there is the melody. Okay, there is the, just the speaking. So we have reading. When you're reading, it is part of it. As you're engaging your mind in reading the text, making melody with it, or praying it, still, 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 still talking. Okay, talking. Another word that you find in scripture a lot is, is, is the word muttering. Muttering, to mutter. Same, same thing. So, so all these are words that are that, that the Bible uses for when it comes to med meditation. So you will see these words a lot in Scripture. So basically, it is to be able to you know make sentences, reading the scriptures, reading them out, trying to put some tune to the words as you are reading them. Your mind is engaging them, and then some. When you get to a point where you find some truth in it, talking it, praying it, praying those same words. It's all part of the art of meditation. 
Praise God. So let's sum it up. So we're talking about meditation. It involves the mind and involves the mouth. So you, you look at it, you read it, you can sing it, you can pray it, and then you can whisper it, mutter it, make sound, make some growling sounds with it. Imagine it, because the mind. So as you read it, you are imagining. The imagination, I'm talking about sometimes, you imagine being on the scene. Like, you know, God appearing to, to Joshua and speaking to Joshua. You probably want to imagine you being there. You watching, and then Joshua may be kneeling at some, and Joshua may be standing somewhere on some green grass somewhere, on a hilly ground somewhere, and then God appears to him, and he's hearing God speaking to him, and you watching it. It gets you, it gets you to the scene. Begin to feel. I mean, it, it, sometimes you have to feel the clothes they were wearing, feel the clothes, you know, see the so see it, smell maybe, maybe um, Abraham, you read a, a portion of scripture that talks about Abraham boiling some meat and making bread and all that for, for, for the angels and smell the aroma. You know, imagination, use your imagination, be there, sometimes be there or feel it being done to you. It's, that's meditation. It involves the mind and the mouth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So meditation involves what? The mind, the mind and the mouth. And with the mind, what do you do? You imagine, you toss, you, you, you toss the word here and there in your mind. You look at a sentence, you read it, you toss, you look at it this way, look at it from backwards, Ask questions about it. So what is he saying here? What does he mean by that? And as you are doing that, you are talking. And as you are doing that, you, you have ideas coming, other ideas coming into your mind. Those other ideas which were, were not yours, other were coming, there's this, this a point you can take your pen and paper and begin to jot certain things that are coming into your mind down. Praise God. Or if you don't have a pen and paper, you are, you are, you are mobile, you are, you, are, you are somewhere far from home and you haven't got anything and you got your phone around you. I mean, most phones now have notes, pass and stuff like that. That's the time you begin to now type those ideas that are thoughts that are coming from the text down. Because those, those are, those, they are the thoughts that, that God is blessing your mind and your understanding with. Those are the things that will change you, will change Hallelujah. We'll bring those changes. We'll bring the wisdom. We'll bring the understanding. And we'll cause you to become a different person. Hallelujah. You see, so let me make sure that I have communicated this very clear. Meditation, from what we have understood, involves, it, it, the meaning is, Memoring in pleasure or in anger, but let's say in in pondering, in memoring, whilst pondering on something before you. Now, the last word I use is very. The last phrase I use is very important. Speaking softly whilst you are thinking or imagining something that you've put before you. That's very important. The before you is very important. 
because other kinds of med- med- meditation tells you empty the mind. But in Christian meditation, you put something in the mind. And what is that you put in the mind? The law of God. The nature of God. All the things about, it may be God's love. You want to think about God's love? Yes, yeah, that is something. You want, to, you want to think about, you want to med- med- meditate on God's mercy? That is something. So in Christian med- meditation, you put something before your face that you are pondering, that you are imagining, that you are tossing in your mind here and there, that you are muttering softly from your lips or making, giving melody to that thing. Hallelujah. So that's why so Christian meditation is different from what the world offers. We just empty your mind, keep nothing in there. Just sit there still. But with Christian meditation, you start with the truth of God. And that is what you're going to focus your attention on. Amen. Then the Lord says, it doesn't, the Lord doesn't end there. He says, you meditate. And he says, hallelujah. Before I go on to this, let me say this. Let me explain this process very well because I think I missed something here. Meditation. In the laws of God, only the word of God is what chewing some food is to the body. Some food you don't chew, you just swallow and it goes down, right? But some foods you have to chew them. They are very nutritious, but until you chew them, you cannot get the nutrients to be absorbed in your body. So though they have, the, the, the food might be rich in nutrients, it is useless to the body until you can break it down, chew it. So that is what, the, that is what meditation is like. The word of God is very good. It's full of substance, full of light. God's word is Powerful, God's word is like a hammer. God's word is strong. God's word will break things. God's word will bring victory. God, but it is useless to you until you are able to meditate. The meditation is like a chewing. It breaks the word down. That your soul is now able to feed on it. It's like a physical body. You take bread. <laughs> the things in the bread are of no good to you. If they put the bread on your, on your body like that. I put bread, bread like this is bread. I put it on your, on your body. <laughs> and it stays there. You will starve and die. Whilst the bread is lying on you. Or we go to the supermarket. We go all the food in the supermarket. With all the things that they've got. And we come and put them all on you. You lie down, we put them all on you. They will do you no good. You will die under the food. You starve under the food and die. It's exactly the same thing. You can have this Bible. Okay? You can have even 10 in your home. You can have them on your phone. 
Have them on your iPad. Have them on your tablet, on your whatever you have. And then all you do is just, they are just around you. You just read one or two. You just read. Yeah, that's, that's a nice text. And then go to the next one. Just read things. Reading alone, would not, reading alone will not feed your soul. You will need to meditate on the word. Meditate on it. Engage with it. Mind and mouth. Whilst your mind is tossing, you read a line, and then you are, you are tossing the word in your, in your head. What is he saying? What does he mean by that? What is he, what if it is, what is that? Questioning the, throwing questions at the text. Muttering it. Like, this book of the law shall not depart out of, out of thy mouth. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Hmm. Why is he saying it shouldn't depart out of my mouth? What, depart, what, if, what if it departs out of my mouth? Well, well, the answer is obvious. I won't get what it says in the latter part. So you are engaging with it. You see, before I go ahead, before I, before, before I go any further, let me say this to you, that in Joshua 21 verse 45, is it 44? No, Joshua 21, 44 and 45. There is something very important there that we need to note, right? God taught Joshua this strategy. And guess what happened to Joshua? Right? Guess what happened? Joshua 21 verse 44. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered them, delivered all their enemies into their hand. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel, all came to pass. Amen. How? Meditation. This was a strategy God gave Joshua at the beginning. And so at the beginning of the year, of the year 2021, this is a strategy that God is presenting to you. That you will give your, you will commit to meditation in his word. We've gone through the process. Try to explain to you that it's like eating. It's like chewing your, your, your food. We can have all kinds of things brought to you. Your fridge can be full of food until you take them, chew them and eat them. You will starve and you will die. In the same way, the word of God the truth of God, it could be here, it's here. Until you take them, until you give yourself to them. Sometimes it is a word preached, okay? Sometimes it, 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 it is a word preached. Somebody's preached it, it was good. You heard it, you enjoyed it, you loved it. Ah, oh, that was a good word. Do you know what? You've not understood it yet. In that 30 minutes, you haven't understood. You, yes, you might have understood some part of it, but you need to listen to it again. And again, I will say about six times, then you can guarantee that you've really under, it will surprise you that anytime you listen to it, there'll be something you will say, ah, I didn't get that one when I listened to that. If a word was preached that you didn't understand, I will say, listen to it again. All the videos are there, go back, watch them again, play them again, 
over and over and digest. And as you listen, listen and digest them. But let me say this. Listening alone will not feed your soul. But as you are listening, be pondering, thinking about it, engage with it. That is what feeds the soul. Right? It's like the nutrients in the, in the body. They are, absor- they are absorbed by the villi, right? You eat the food, nutrients comes in, then the, those little things up in the body absorb them. It can't absorb the bread. It can't absorb that hard, solid bread, that peanut. It can't absorb it. It's when you chew it and it all becomes fluid. Then it's able to absorb them. And that's what the meditation does for us. This is how you feed your soul. Not just by reading it. Not just by hearing it. But meditation. Hallelujah. And the process is engaging the mind and muttering. Tossing the, the, the sentence, the text, the phrase, a word in the verse in your mind. Tossing it up and down. Tossing here and there. Asking questions about it. And imagining it. Thinking, seeing that you are there. And then speaking it out. Speaking the same words. Speaking the same words. Speaking, I mean speaking it out. Putting a melody to it. It will surprise you what will begin to happen to your soul. See, Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And hearing what? By the word of God. I believe that, yes, we hear with our physical ear. But I believe that the faith that really comes to you is when you hear with with that spiritual ear of yours. And it only comes when you've spent time meditating the word of God, thinking about it. Then, woof, I got it now. I got it. Meditation. Praise God. Then you say, so when should I do meditation? When should I do it? God answers the question in in the same text. He says, meditate in it day and night. Remember, when God made heavens and earth, what did he do? He created two seasons, right? Two times. He, He created the day and created the night. So God is saying, in the day, meditate. In the night, meditate. So does he leave us with any time that we shouldn't meditate? No. Because he made day and he made night. He divided the, the day from the, from the darkness. It became day and night. And he says, meditate. That means, in all these times, meditate. Give attention to my words. And then say, but the question is, during the day, what time should I do it? Well, that is where you come in. What time should you do it in the, in the, in the day? Morning? 10 o'clock? 5 a.m.? In the evening when I'm going to bed or when I'm too sleepy to, to even read? No, of course not. If you ask me, if you ask me what time, I mean, how long should I give my meditation? I would say, if you are a student or you are someone who rise up to go to work, I would say, before you leave your house, I mean, give yourself, in the morning, when you wake up, I would say, give yourself about 15 to 30 minutes meditating in the word of God. 
And in the evening, when you and and I'm not saying just do that and then I'm, I'm I am talking about you can meditate throughout the whole day. If your nature of if the nature of your work is such that you don't have to be calculating things in your head and all that, and right? Yet, and you all all you do is maybe just fixing certain things. You can be meditating on the word and muttering on your lips because you are you are speaking to yourself alone. What do you say? Oh, sorry, no, I'm talking to myself. The Lord is good to them that call upon him out of a pure heart. The Lord is good to them that call upon him out of a pure heart. The Lord is good to them that call upon him. What, I, what did you say? Oh, sorry, I'm talking to myself. No, no, he, he says something. I said the Lord is good to them that call upon him out of a pure heart. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I think I heard, some, I heard you say Lord. Yeah, I'm also a Christian. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then you got a believer. But if, if the person is not interested, then you say, I'm talking to myself. If they're interested, they will press forward. And then you share. Praise Jesus. So, night and day, do it. Before you go to bed, some some people, some people have trouble sleeping. You have trouble sleeping. Take the word of God. Meditate upon some 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 people to have they have bad dreams. You know why you have bad dreams? You are watching Netflix. Before you sleep, and you've been watching those horrible, those strange films, obscene things. You're watching all those kind of things. You're watching all kinds of nudity stuff, and you, and then you're complaining. Somebody is coming to bed with you, and somebody is taking you somewhere, and somebody is killing you. You've been watching all kinds of stuff. Stop them. I'll give you a strategy. Meditate on the word of God before you sleep. Every you find that bad dream will be history. It will be history. Now when you dream, you will see yourself standing before the angels and the, the, the angels of God descending and ascending. Amen. And you find yourself God speaking to you, directing you, showing you what you should do the next day. Those are the kind of dreams you'll be having if you're a dreamer. To God be the glory. Night and day. So night and day, so when we're talking about meditation, we are talking about doing it night, day and night. And there's a joy in it. When, when the, when you're, you know, you, you know when you, when you eat and your body becomes strong. Have you ever been, have you ever been hungry to the point that you, your body begins to shake? Anyone been there before? I have. You are so hungry, you begin to shake. And you feel like you're going to die. And the moment you eat, whew, and then you say things like, I feel like a human being one more time. Yes, you do. Because you've eaten. Sometimes you are so sorrowful, so downhearted, so, so downspirited, you don't know what's happening. You know, your soul is hungry. And all you've been doing, and you say, oh, but I've been listening to the word of God on TV. Listening is one thing. Meditation is deeper. Have you been meditating? What you've been listening, what you heard on the TV, have you taken time to meditate upon them? That is what will bring the food to your soul. The hearing alone is not good enough. Like you're hearing me right now. Brilliant. Hear that when you finish, do you spend time going over it? Do you spend time with the family going over it? 
asking questions. What did you learn? What did you hear? What, what did he say? What does that mean? Do, do, you, do you spend time doing all those things? Is this true? Can I find all he said in the, in the Bible? Do you go back there to check things out? God, don't, don't take my word for it. Go back and check the scriptures. Hallelujah. God, let me tell you something. In, through meditation, God wants to make an expert of you. God wants you to become an expert in his word, in his law. So that's for pastors. Nah, 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 wrong. Wrong. Never believe that lie that the only one who's supposed to become an expert in the word and the principles of God is a pastor or a teacher or some professor. No, you. Joshua was a military man. And it was the origin of Israel. It was all of them. Meditation. If you read Genesis, you find Isaac, before his wife came, he went to the fields to meditate. What was he? What was his label? He was just Isaac. No title, no teacher, no prophet, no evangelist, no nothing. He was just Isaac. He went to meditate. So you, you may not have any title upon you, but God expects you to Meditate in his word. God wants you to become an expert. See, this principle we see here in God's word, you can apply it anywhere. So God is saying to us that if you meditate in my word, you become an expert. In, you, be, you come to understand it, know it in and through. Okay, that leads me to the next word. That leads me to the next thing. Meditate therein day and night. The next word is war. The next word. That thou mayest observe. Observe. What's the word that? What does the word that means? That means what? That. That means what? That indicates purpose. Intention. So that. So that indicates purpose. So God here, God is giving us the purpose, the intent of meditation. What is it? Israel's problem has been rebellion against God. Not being able to follow God. Not able to walk in the, in, the, in the instructions of God. And God is saying, the solution to you not being able to follow me is meditation. You've not been meditating in my word. So most people, most people, or people who find them, who, most Christians who find themselves struggling to follow God, the reason you've been struggling all year, I bring you the answer, med meditation. Because you've not been meditating in the word of God, it is not in you, it's, that's why you are, you, are, you are struggling to follow God, to be obedient to, to, to God. That's the reason why when the world says something, you are quick to take that. And when God says it, it's so, it sounds so strange to you and you can't take it. Hey, to overcome that, begin meditation. Why am I saying that? Listen to what God is saying here. God is saying, you will meditate day in and meditate day in, day out, that purpose. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It's only when you have meditated, then you will become an expert in doing my word. Why do I say expert? The word observe there, the word observe, 
means to become a responsible custodian of the thing. So God is saying, then you'll be able to observe. That is, you will be able to now watch over, guard it, become responsible. So that, that's what that word observe there means. You become responsible, a responsible observer of my word. You become responsible so you no longer depend upon someone to remind you to do God's word. You become responsible. You take responsibility of obeying God yourself. That's what meditation does to you. Meditation makes you observe to do. It makes you responsible to do all that God. It makes you take charge to do. It makes you take God. It makes you take ownership. It makes you take, take the, you know, be on God. Be watchful to do what God has said in his word. So that means, that means, from what God is saying here, that means without meditation, you will not take time. You will not take care. You will not be responsible. You will not feel responsible. You will not have any desire, any inclination to do what God has said. It's only when you've meditated because meditation gets the thing inside you. You become an expert. Now, what God is saying here, you can apply it in any field of life. You are struggling with a subject matter. It's because you've not meditated on it. You've just been dancing around the thing. Maybe you've been given a task at your workplace to do. They've given you a book to read. And you're complaining. Something you need to master. Get into it. Apply the meditation principles that God is teaching here. And you realize that you become an expert in the thing. Take time. And give yourself to it. Matter it. Toss, your mind, toss it in your mind. Think about it. I mean, engage with it. You realize you become an expert. So that means, you see... That, that means you can become an expert from what God teaches us here. You can become an, an expert in anything. This, this, uh, this is just, by the way, bonus. But my focus is God's word. Why? Because whilst other materials and other fields will just make you an expert in that field, and that's it. God is talking about his word, becoming, becoming an expert in his word so that you are able to relate with him and relate with men successfully. Because at the end of the day, it's about relating right with God and relating right with man. Godliness and righteousness. At the end of the day, it comes to these two things. And God is teaching us here that it is through meditation of his word that we can come to that place. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So he says... So, the, so what's the purpose of meditation? Obedience to God's word. What is the purpose of meditation? To, be a, to become an expert to do God's will. Let's put it that way. What's the purpose of med, 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 meditation? To become an expert in God's word. God's word to do it. It's very clear here. 
The purpose of meditation is to become an expert in God's word. To be able to do it. That is, to, to come to the place where you, you are responsible. You, you, you are, you know, you know, there are some people, they won't follow, they won't, they won't do God's will until you tell them to. That is not what God requires. When you, when you are like that, you are not following God at all. You know who is following God? The one who told you to. It is only when you take responsibility to do God's will yourself. And that only comes through meditation in his word. Ah, praise God. Praise God. Now, when a person becomes responsible in, you know, in obeying God's word and obeying God's principle, and because when you become an expert in the book of God, you will learn how to relate with God, and you also learn how to relate with man. So you become an expert. I mean, you, be, you, become, you, 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 you become a field marshal. I mean, you become an expert. And then, you know, what, you know what people call such people? Wise. Oh, he's such a wise young boy. How does such, such a boy become so wise? Ooh, David said. David said this. He said, through your word, I have become more wiser than my teachers. And again he says, your word makes the wise what? Sorry, make the simple wise. It's not just the word as it sits here. The word as it sits here hasn't made many young men wise. Hasn't made many young girls wise. Hasn't made many men wise. It is there. But how come there are many foolish people in our, in our world? But the moment a person begins to meditate in, that, in the word of God, that person becomes a wise person. Become wise. It brings wisdom. Now, that's not all. That's not all. That's not all that he, say, he says here. There's a word I'm sure you've skipped over many times, but today I want to bring your attention to it. So the purpose of meditation is war. It's for you to become a responsible custodian of God's truth to do his will, right? That's the purpose, right? Hello? That's the main purpose of meditation. To become responsible, that thou mayest observe, become responsible, take charge to do my word. Because that's what you've not been able to do. And that's your problem. Not being able to follow my ways. <laughs> Let me say this. It's only by following God, following God's truth, that we become wise, isn't it? Isn't it? But the world is looking for alternatives to become wise. In the Garden of Eden, when the enemy came to Eve and had a conversation with Eve, Eve concluded, Eve made a conclusion. 
when Bible says that when Eve saw that this was a tree good for food, and then he asked another thing to make one wise, he went for it. But God has a different way of becoming wise. Let's let's continue. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. The next line. For then, 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 then. What does then mean? Then then signifies time. Right? Then signifies time. Or if you want to put it this way, literally it means at that time. For. For means because. Because it is at that time. Hallelujah. Then. I love the word then. Then. In other words, then means at a specific point in time. When you observe, when you, be, when you begin now to observe, to do all that is written therein, then, 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 when you observe, when you become, we take responsibility by meditating to do all that I have asked you to do, or follow my principles and values, it's at that time, it is at that specific time, what happens? It is at that specific time that you begin to make your way prosperous. Prosperous means to advance in life. Your way, your way of life. So God is saying that your way of life, the way of life in general, or the, the assignment I've given you in life, it's only then you begin to make advancement. So Israel, Israel has made no advancement up to this point. Israel, you haven't advanced. You've been stuck. You've been going in circles. But to break this circle, this cycle of defeat, going in circles, you need to meditate in my word and become responsible to fulfill my word, to do it for at that specific time. From that point on, you will begin to make progress. Until then, you are stuck in life. So this is the reason why many people are stuck because all we are doing is just reading reading and sometimes we just hear it once some people just hear it once a week some people go oh church service once a week they hear god's word once a week and even when they hear it once a week it is just to hear it to satisfy their mind that they've taken time to listen to god's word no meditation and that's the reason why you are where you are but if you are going to make progress advance Begin to make, you know, positive or make some 
serious milestones, cover, cover some serious milestones in your life, you need to start meditating on the word of God. Because that's what God's word says here. It says, then, at that specific time, from that time, then, because then, you will begin to make your way. I don't care what you've been stuck with. God's word, I'll bet my life on this truth. That, hey, if Joshua heard this truth, Followed it, and in 2145, he can declare that there's nothing that God promised us that we, that we failed in. And I can promise you too that there's nothing that God has promised you that you will fail in as you begin to meditate your way through life. Daily, day and night, giving yourself, your mind to meditation. Hallelujah. Meditation. You advance in life. And guess what? And then, another, another word, then again, then, it's, that means it is also from that time, you shall have what? You shall have what? The, the, the King James says, good success. Actually, that's not what it, good success. What is, what is good success? That's not what it's saying at all. The word there is, that is when, then you shall, the word there is, Proceed intelligently. The word translated good success is proceed intelligently. That means God indeed created us to be intelligent beings as he himself is. And in life we make foolish choices. And it is the foolish choices that cause us to go in circles and remain where we are. But God is saying, through your meditation, you begin to take responsibility to do, to follow my will. Then you find yourself, you find the energy, you know, you, you, you find yourself empowered to make intelligent choices. And as you make those intelligent choices, you find yourself advancing, making progress, making progress, making progress, making progress. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, Psalm 19 verse 7 says that the law of the Lord is perfect. It makes wise the simple, the simple person, the one who is very simple, naive, silly, foolish, the moment he begin to he or she begins to give themselves to you know the, to to meditate in the word of God, that person becomes wise. Hallelujah! Praise be to God. While the whole world is trying to look for you know things and other things, you know other people's wisdom, other people's mind, tap other people's minds to be wise. God is saying, "Hey, this is a source of wisdom for you." Hallelujah. Students, students, I can guarantee you, your grades will soar as you begin to learn to meditate in God's word. Seriously, there's been testimonies about this. Where students begin to give themselves their mind to meditating in God's word, they found out it was beginning to have effect upon their studies. They rose from, you know, failing student to successful student, students. Mind that cannot think to mind that can think. 
Oftentimes we say, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I challenge you today. All those I can't, you will drop them. You will drop those I can't. I can't do that. I, I challenge you. Begin to meditate upon the word of God. And apply this meditation rule to whatever is given to you. And I challenge you. You will find yourself making progress, advancing. And you look at yourself and say, me? Yes, you. Including you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, today we have ended up with people who are leading and there's no wisdom. And even children, even children can see, ah, why is this person saying that? Why is this person doing this? Even children today can tell. When so-called big people are making decisions and they are so wrong, they can tell. Why? All a child needs to do is to just know the truth of God's word and they become wise. And when people abandon, abandon the word of God, they become foolish. And that's what we see in our society today. But before I end, before I end, I want to do something with you. I want to give you a very little practical example. Tell with me Ephesians chapter 20. Ephesians chapter 3, please. Ephesians 3, please. I want to give a, a little demonstration of what I'm talking about here. Ephesians 3, 20. I'm using this one because I like this text. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Jesus. He says, he says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. This is the text. Praise God. This is, this, 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 this is the text. Let's say you want to meditate on this scripture because it is a very great verse here. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask or think. You see, he that is able, he that is able, he's able, he's able. I'm looking at the word, he's able. I'm tossing the word, he's able in my mind. He's able, 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 able. Able to do, able. Able talks about ability, isn't it? Hello? Able talks about ability. That means he has the ability. That is, he has the capacity. He's able to do that. That is something that he's able to do. That's his nature. It's the nature of God. He's able to do. And what is he able to do? He's able to do exceeding abundant. He's able to do exceeding abundant. That is far above Meaning, meaning far above. What is he able to do far above? I'm asking myself. He's able to do, what does he say? He's able to do what I ask or think. Ah, no. And then I'm saying to myself, ah, no, that can't be true. What am, who am I talking about here? Who am I talking, who is, he, who is he referring to here? Okay, let's go to verse 21. 21 might help us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Unto whom, 
Unto him be glory in the church. Who could that be? God. So you mean God is able, to, God's nature is to do more than, more than what? What I ask or think. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean if I ask God something, he doesn't give me exactly what I ask for. He gives me more. Okay, I get that. Really? He must be a very good God. Wow. He's a good, what kind of a God is this? When I ask him for something, he gives me more than that. I see. Then when I'm asking, I'm going to ask that, I'm going to make sure that I ask the best. Because if I ask the best, he'll give me even, he will exceed it. That means, that means this God, I can never exhaust him. Oh my, what kind of a God? That means I can't exhaust him. You see where he's going? That means he's too much for me. Ah, so if God is too much, why am I struggling with the things that I'm... Oh, then this scripture comes into mind. You ask not. You receive not because you ask not. Ah. Maybe because I have not asked. That's the reason why. You see, but I'm not going to go and look for this scripture right now. It's in James. I'm not going to go and look for it. I'll probably just write it down. Because I don't want to be distracted from this text. Because I'm meditating. Okay? I don't want to be, I don't want to be distracted. But, it, but James also says that some people don't receive because they ask amiss. So what I'm asking is very important. I don't have to ask for things that are really wrong in God's eyes. It has to be the things that, you know, are godly, good things. Okay, so I know, what to, I know what to ask. But then, watch this. It's not just about asking. The word, another word there is what? Think. He's saying that God does not only do more than what I ask, also what I think. No, no, God, are you sure? What I'm thinking, my thinking. Thinking is talking about what? Thinking refers to what? Imagination. Imagination. So when I'm imagining things, whoa, my goodness. So when I'm, I am imagining things, and I'm thinking and I'm asking things. So then, what are you going to ask for? My goodness. Then I'm going to ask for good things. Then I'm going to imagine good things. And I'm going to think of good things. Because my imagination, even the things I think about, he's able to do exceed. Are you sure God will do that? Well, that's what he says here. Hey, are you sure? Okay, but, 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 how, but, but how, would, how would he do it? I don't think I have the strength. I, I don't think I have the strength to do everything, you know. No, no, watch again. He says, according to, according to, according to the power at work, according to the power. So that means God is able to do all this, not by my power. By, by what? The power at work. What is the power at work in us? Is the Holy Spirit's power. 
So that means things that have been behind is because I'm not really presenting any imaginations to God, any word, any anything worth, anything worth God multiplying, anything God making bigger. And I'm not asking those things because I'm asking a mess or imagining some vain things. That's the reason why. Because if I imagine vain things, then God is not going to multiply vain things because He's a good God. Oh my goodness. So now it checks me on what I use my mind for and the things I'm going to ask God for. Is there any prayer to make? Yes, God, help me. All the wrong things that I've imagined, all along you were looking for me to, you know, imagine great things that, you, that you've called me to do so that you will do them. But I've been spending my, I've been putting my mind on worrying. I'm looking at the big, the big task ahead of me and I'm worrying. Oh God, forgive me. It, it, it calls for prayer. Hallelujah. This is, this is an example. I thought to just to, to, just to demonstrate it so that we, we see what it is. So I'm imagining and I'm talking about it. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that I can ask of him according to the power that worked in us. Mm-hmm. Now unto him that is able to do now unto him that is able to do Exceedingly, abundantly, above. This is what feeds my soul. So I get up from this text and my soul is energized again. I am invigorated. I say, come on, bring it on. Hallelujah. I say, now give me any, any, any task. I'm going to think my way through. I'm going to ask my way through because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what I can imagine, think, or ask. Hallelujah. And I'm smiling and I'm happy. I said, why are you happy in the midst of these challenges? I sing because I'm happy. And I sing because I am free. His eyes are on the sparrows, and I know he watches me. He watches over me. Things I'm thinking about and things I'm asking, he watches to exceed them. He's a good God. God bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Today, you've been hearing me talking about meditation, the enjoying. Christian meditation. But you're saying I'm not a Christian. Yes. So you've not been able to do this. You've been living a life of rebellion. But giving attention to God's truth, as I've taken time to explain, will get you out of this kind of lifestyle. You are struggling to obey God. You can't see, know how you would do it. It's all because you've not given your mind to God. Romans chapter 1 makes it very, very clear that when people decide to give their mind to worthless things, they rebel against God. And that's exactly where you find yourself. But today, if you now begin to give your mind and attention, respect, first of all, to God's truth, to look into it, Everything will change.
But first of all, you need to make the right step. You want to, you want to tell the Lord to forgive you, your sins, because you want to move away from all this evil, rebelling against God. You want to stop that kind of life lifestyle. You want to experience God for yourself. The starting point is to tell him that you are sorry for the way you've been living your life. You are now going to respect him. You're not going to turn your attention to him. You're not going to be obedient to him. If that's your heart, ask him to forgive you your sins because there's no point asking him to forgive if you're not going to stop it. Ask him to forgive you and to come into and, and put, his, put his life in you, give you his life. Put his spirit into you so you'll be able to obey him. Talk to him right now. Talk to him now. Talk to him now. And maybe you are also hearing me, you are a Christian, all right, but you've never ever given your mind and mouth to meditation. You've been very casual at God's word, God's truth, God's principles, God's values. But today you want to say, Lord God, today I've heard your word. Thank you. Forgive me for the past of not giving myself to meditation. But from now, I am going to. You want to pray, say, Lord, grant me grace. Grant me grace that daily I will meditate. You want to pray and say, God, grant me grace that daily, day and night, daily, that every day of this year, I'm going to give myself to meditate in your word. Talk to him. Ask for that grace. Oh, yes. out of darkness to show forth his marvelous light. May he strengthen your soul, feed your soul, ignite your soul with his fire as you go from day to day meditating in his word. May you have victories and may you experience the promises of God being fulfilled without fail in your life. May you be stirred up in your mind. May you be energized for God's causes and for God's work in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a blessed week. And the saints say, Amen and Amen. The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. 
The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful. 